what I've kind of been holding out trying to find those. There are some like the hard covers of the original ones are kind of hard to come across. Okay. I don't think there's any, I don't know. That, well, it depends, I guess, also on what country there is. Cause some of them do like those, uh, you uh, yeah. ask, you know, the European. Yeah. Right. A, a lot of the European titles, like I know, the, I know the expanse for some reason, like they prefer the European covers cause they're a lot more artistic and whatever, but um, yeah, I, I rebought uh, Stormfront definitely when it came out on hardcover. I don't think they did Full Moon, or if they did, I missed it. Um, I think we've got Deadbeat and then the latest ones because the new ones all release hardcover. So we they went that. back and did all the first ones in hardcover. They're just expensive. Gotcha. Memory serves. Whatever. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Dresden Files podcast. Professionals. Allegedly. You, you yeah. narrowly missed by like 30 seconds to Star Wars rant. So it was almost the Star Wars podcast for a second. But again, <laughs> we've done that before. Yeah. And we'll do it again. I'm happy to nerd about, about anything. So it's okay. <laughs> we will wander. Don't worry. Right. That right. tends to happen. So Sometimes it's my fault. <laughs> our way of introducing a guest is you have to tell us your favorite three books and your favorite character. Of any series or of Dresden? Of Dresden. Okay. Because then we can uh, tell you you're wrong. We're not a Star Wars podcast. Okay. Uh, well, if I had to say my favorite three books, uh, they would probably be Changes because I'm placating the masses. No, I love Changes. Uh, Deadbeat. And because I want to be controversial, I'm also going to say Ghost Story is in the top three and you can fight me about it. It's really good. I like Ghost Story. You're just saying that because we're all quarantined and can't fight you. <laughs> uh favorite character i mean of course it's dresden like he's the most well-realized fleshed out but if i have to pick like not dresden because i don't want to be that guy i would say molly has really become a character i'm fascinated by not only how she's changed but where she's going in terms of like party members quote unquote for the series she's the one who i'm least uncertain where she's gonna land yeah yeah, that's, that's I mean, let's see how the right out. answer is Butters, but that's okay. <laughs> Butters is amazing. I love that dude so much. He's slowly becoming a badass, and I'm all about it. Yeah. He spent we go down like the, four the, months yeah. railing about Butters in Skin Game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are people of the opinion it's too much of a character change? It feels unreal, or are people all about it? Because like, I can see both sides there. Most people are all about it incorrectly, like you. <laughs> Jacob is very anti because It's like too much fan service. I, you take it as jumping the shark, don't you, EG? Or That too. It's that. It was his whole, it was his bullshit, um, you know, angry butters or stomping the ground mm. and then getting the sword of faith, even though he had absolutely no faith in his friend. Right, yeah, and you you hated because he kind of like caused some of the drama in the second half, right? So like he basically did. causes the sword to get broken, and then gets absolutely broken. no repercussions for it. Right, and then gets rewarded. Yeah, yeah. So I I I will defend Butters here. Um, by the way, I always just picture Butters from South Park because of the name, but that's not <laughs> here nor there. Um, but I'm sure I'm not the first person to make that observation. But I uh, I think why he suddenly is so different i mean the, the he really starts changing after changes right like he is very jaded from those events and the lack of dresden freaks him out and i feel like he has no faith in dresden anymore he really doesn't look at dresden the way he once did because let's be honest dresden is not the same guy he mentally is more aggressive less caring like he's changed because of the mantle that's on him and i think butters as a response basically overcompensates i think he's trying really hard to try and fill some form of gap dresden did 
and that's why it feels so uh, such a left turn for him. He's he's trying so much to fill this space when he's just not that guy. So it comes across. Uh, it, I don't know. I don't know exactly how to put it, but yeah, I can see how people wouldn't like it. But I'm a hundred percent about it because I love butters. And I would buy it more, but he also has Murphy in his ear, who's the one, even in that book, telling him, "No, listen, he's still him. He's still whatever." He's been working with her this whole time. He trusts her, and he still decides, "No, nah, my, I, I know better." After yeah. after watching Skin Game, a thought occurred. Like watching, rereading Skin Game. <laughs> Are you watching it? Good yeah, I from the future. Don't tell anybody. I wish. So I, yeah, um, it okay. it strikes me in this conversation that Butters and Murphy might be a foil for each other in the emotional versus logical responses, right? Because Murphy full on tells them in Skin Game, like even tells Harry that it's like, man, I really hope you're a good guy right now because I will literally follow you into hell. And then Butters is like, you know, he, especially from carrying over his conversation with him in cold days where he's like, so you've been back for five minutes and you're immediately trying to pay off a favor. Does that sound like a fairy to you? Because you're a freaking fairy, dude. And Butters is taking the evidence in the moment versus, yeah, of course they have, you know, a 10 year history or however long it's been. Of course, he taught him how to use magic, even if it's just a circle and how to ride a, a zombie dinosaur and all of this shit. But that doesn't matter now because what matters now is he's the winter night and he could eat me. I, I, I agree. And I also don't buy into the idea that he trusts Murphy 100% because I think from Butter's perspective, he thinks Murph is compromised in her view of Dresden. I think he thinks Murphy can't view Dresden clearly. So he's mm -hmm. trying to view him as clearly as he can. And so he's going too far the other way, which well, you could argue it's not too far because again, Dresden is entirely different in a lot of aspects of his personality, the way he treats people. You know, he's men he's mentally being uh, all mushed up. I don't, do we swear a lot here? Can I yes. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Spoilers. They used to be in the introduction. Okay. It's not yeah. PG-13. We don't have to bleep your second F word like your okay. this episode. So. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think Dresden is so fucked and he doesn't, he trusts Murph, but he doesn't trust Murph dealing with Dresden. That would be my defense there, I think. Right. I think, I mean, to be fair to there, I think that, that's probably right. But because once you're in Murphy's circle of trust, you're in Murphy's circle of trust and you'll basically, you're, it's very hard for her to not like, not trust you anymore. You have to go full about... Molly for her not to trust you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and even then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah even then, yeah. she Molly is still one of Murphy's people. She just also is a lion. You know, it's, yeah. it's again. She's worried she's going to get eaten. But if anybody's going to deal with Molly, it's going to be Murphy. You know. So she'll she'll pat Molly on the back. She'll just have a hand on her gun a little bit <laughs> while doing it. Right. And that's the other thing with Murphy is she points out to Butters. I mean, the same. He could say that she could make the same argument against him with Bob. How mm -hmm. Butters has been changed. She makes the argument to him. He considers it, and then he's still like, Nah, not me. I'm different. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And I, I was, okay. This whole time throughout the series, I've had a thing in the back of my head. It's like, I shouldn't trust Bob. Right. And it's, it's never not been a thing. It's like, Oh no, Bob is always a G he's always there. He's always real. But I guess it really has become apparent that like, no, you can, he's fine, but I've never really trusted him, but I guess I was just wrong and I should have trusted Bob from day one, but I don't know. I, I would say you can trust Bob as long as you're the one who has Bob. Yeah, yeah, as far as you don't throw him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
about day one, though, I think one of the reasons that Butters changes seems a bit weird to me is the story day one in which he has all the power, he has a sort of faith and everything, and then something scary happens and he immediately calls Dresden for help. Right. It, yes, that I might be spoilers, right? Yeah, I don't think it was in briefcases. You're, you're fine. You're fine. Okay. Uh, also, don't I, I? My whole life now is people spoiling things for me, so do not worry about it. I have people just DMing me spoilers on books they know I'm currently reading because they hate me. So don't Aww. worry. About it. That's considerate. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I signed a subscription. That makes me feel so sad. Like I saw your face in that uh, gym interview where he accidentally spoiled you, and I was like, man, that sucks. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, but yeah, don't, don't even worry about it. But. I, I totally agree with your point where like Butters then calls for help from someone he supposedly isn't entirely trusting. Like I, I, I get that. Um, but the, you know, there's also the fans on the other side who are going to, who always complain, like it's so unrealistic. People don't ask their friends for help more. Like, you know, you have people call them, get help. So th there's two sides of that, right. Where I, he doesn't necessarily put Dresden in the same light he used to, but he's definitely still going to call on him if he thinks he's about to die. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a give and take there, I think. I'm, I'm why am I defending it so much no you're right it's terrible and it's bad <laughs> as you said in the pre-show you you have your opinion uh you know we don't have to disagree you're no more right or wrong than each other even if you are wrong about ghost story but uh no so pivot on the controversy then because I really want to get this out there so who are you shipping with Dresden so we could get some more yelling going on I there is no on, way one right for answer. me. There is no way for me that Molly will ever be appropriate for him to date. Thank and you. I'm not Thank about you. that. Uh, I think that is wrong. I can't. Uh, uh. It's creepy. It's weird. Mm -mm. Age gap too much. He's like 36, 37. She's still he's like, like 42 my... at this point. Oh yeah, there you go. And she's like my age. So wait, let's, how old are you? Let's eat. I'm she's 25. like Lucio then. You, she's like 27 by the end of Skin Game or something. And it, as they point out, the age gap is going to mean a hell of a lot less. It's That's just true. the fact that he has, you know, he's the mentor person. He's never yeah, it's, all, it's the it. mentor dynamic. And also I think Molly, you never want to date someone or be in a relationship with someone that idolizes you, right? And she idolizes Dresden a lot. And so that just wouldn't be like a healthy thing. That's just my opinion. And him and Murph have fantastic chemistry. So I want that. Yeah, but she's going <laughs> to die, so that's not going to last okay wow <laughs> but she's gonna come back as a valkyrie okay and then they can't be together because it's all gonna be work <laughs> yeah but I mean, every, every hundred years odin will give them a holiday you know for a day yeah, no, they have a lot of holidays it's like davy jones every every <laughs> right. 10 years he can step on on murphy every seven years pond far no sorry different thing um I do think, I actually just think that Jim's going to kill Dresden. That's my theory on the conclusion. Mm. I think he's going to kill him. I'm I'm starting to get that a little bit more. There was like a, a little word of Jim snippet I saw where he, he's like, what makes you think there's going to be a happy ending? And like, at, at first I was like, no, that's just Jim being Jim, you know, and, and he's saying the opposite thing again. But, you know, I, I could see it. I could see Dresden having to do the sacrifice play. I think my argument against that is Rashid, though. We already Better saw... Up. We already saw, yeah, Vatarang Rashid. So if, if you haven't been following the podcast, she thinks they're the same person. So because she's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Rashid has an eye patch. Odin has an eye patch. They're the same dude. They're both if over seven feet tall. And they both have the same pool of information. And they yeah. have the same Rashid conversations with Dresden. Right. So, but in any in any case, like, yeah, we've, we see, we saw what the retirement package was for the last guy. So I, I think we're okay. You know, I, I stick by my my theory. So. Well, the, there's, 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 oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say we didn't read Rashid's story, so of course he can work out. 
<laughs> I, I I have there's two theory. I think there's two possible endings. Either he kills Dresden or he kills him and brings him back. Either way, we're gonna see Dresden die and have some form of like final confrontation with a higher higher power, right? Because he's had this theme of questioning and constantly never actually having faith. He's not he's not gonna get answers because Jim's not that guy, but he'll have some kind of well-written confrontation with a higher power, I feel. That's just sure. my opinion. Yeah, and he'll either come back from there and fix things or he'll be done. Well, the second of the last three books, he's gonna travel to hell. So he's probably gonna have a conversation right. with Lucifer at some point. Right. Who who might knowing Jim, I wouldn't be surprised if Lucifer's written as like, I don't know, a Jersey Shore guy. Like I can never tell who's gonna write these super powerful deities. Um Santa Claus is like out there murdering mofos. Like I just I could never call it. He went old right. testament, Kringle. Yeah, he, 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 he just went with old Santa lore where Santa originally comes from. It's actually mm -hmm. pretty well researched. Yeah, yeah. And so if we're going old school Satan, he's not necessarily a horrible person um yeah. you know that's what he did with hades too hades was just like i'm here i'm doing my job i work mm -hmm. real hard <laughs> no he's mentioned before in a con that lucifer is not not the big bad of the series he's not even close because he, he's only interested in his argument with god right because the the big bad of the series is something that is lovecraftian it seems it's not a more direct satan it's this lovecraftian influence which yes. i'm gonna be Hades. honest is one of the few elements of the series i'm struggling with the most I never expected these Lovecraftian vibes to spike up so much, and they have me a bit worried. Just ask um, Justin; he can reconcile it for you. He loves it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, so where where it took the twist, right? Like, so when it first started cropping up in some of the early books, I thought it was just kind of like an Easter egg, and he's like, yeah. "Well, you know, the, some of those old powerful books, like the you know the whatever and the Necronomicon and whatever." I'm trying to remember the the uh, lexicon or, or whatever he he did in. Um, not backup, is it? The, yeah, the uh, Thomas one. Yeah, okay. So, so like some of those where they were like Easter eggs and you get a little bit of a taste and it's like, how could you not, right? And then certainly by the time Warcry came out, which is why I say that all the time and it's becoming more and more important. Yes, Warcry next time. lays bare that this is Lovecraft. This isn't just like outsiders in a D&D sense where it's like, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. This isn't outsiders in a like, well, you know, like just general outsiders, right? Like the FOMOR, they're mm. not outsiders. They're not far enough though. They are almost certainly in league there. There's actual outsiders going on. And like, for me, I was able to kind of reconcile and retcon it is because Jim is using all myth and fantasy. And he made, you know, Lovecraft just a part of that, which honestly, I mean, it, it may, it may have somewhat started with him. He may have like co, you know, evolved it somewhere, but there's another, there's another like recent modern fantasy where, where they did that too, was that it wasn't, um, uh, Dean and Sam, what's the, uh, Supernatural. Supernatural, right? Supernatural. Like there, there were some places where like HP Lovecraft was like one of the prophets or some nonsense where it's like, he saw the thing coming and I, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I think that probably informed me a little bit as well. And so like, it, it kind of makes some kind of sense where it's like, you know, it, it alters obviously what you're going to read in Genesis, which, you know, uh, Butcher hasn't exactly been following, you know, strict Christian, uh, mythology anyway but um, it, it's kind of interesting and it gives us something and some extra theory crafting and like what's going on about the cosmos so I think I get lost in the possibilities as much as anything all right uh, two two hot opinions coming in here uh, one oh, supernatural is not nearly as good as people say and I do not like it sorry Up to uh, six it's great 
Um, I've always like, I don't know which really started first. I know super has been around for a long time, but like looking mm -hmm. back on when I watched it, cause I was into this girl who was really into it. So I watched a lot of it. <laughs> um, now looking back at it, I'm like, that's just diet Dresden. I'm not saying it stole Dresden, right. but it's damn sure covering a lot of the same stuff. Right. They um, definitely have some overlap for sure. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not accusing of copying because that's ridiculous, sure. right? It's not that specific of a premise, but it, why would I do that when I could do this? You know what I mean? Um, and the second thing, the Lovecraftian vibes you're talking about are what I'm most worried about for not working out for the conclusion, because mm -hmm. from a writing standpoint, tackling that stuff is extremely hard. And the more directly you're trying to implicate or imply motive behind Lovecraftian things, it's really hard to land it because they're supposed to be beyond our comprehension, right? That's the whole right. point that they're just well, they out of the it. motive in cold days. Exactly. Uh, shark, shark face is like, it, it will be ours again. So right. It's like, Whatever it is, it's some form of conquest. Whatever their motive is for that conquest, we don't know. And we from my, know, it may not matter. As soon as you do that, in my opinion, you're destroying what makes love. As soon as we can quantify what that kind of monster wants, it destroys it because they're supposed to be godly in a way where we just can't even think about their motives. But if all of a sudden it's like they want the cube or whatever, then it just, <laughs> just it murders that for me. It totally so tears it down. You prefer Lovecraft where he's a sleeping god from the fourth dimension and the apocalypse isn't, you know, personal. It's him rolling over in his sleep. Is that the kind yeah. of... <laughs> yeah, but what we've been told, they're trying to get in. Their motive is in here. And I'm like, that's mm -hmm. not... Now it's not Lovecraft. Now it's like a Stephen King thing almost where he's done something similar where he has these like beings that are fourth dimensional that want something. To me, it's that. And I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, unless you're coked up Stephen King and you somehow make it work. But there's a, there's there's too big of a, I don't know. To me, it just feels like almost a cop-out. And I, I don't like if that's the case. I'm not saying it is. We don't know, but right. I'm not sure. I I am in the roller coaster, as we discussed. <laughs> so I'm I'm going to follow it to the end. I think I think my hedge in this case, taking what you're saying, like I agree with you. And there's, there's a, actually a decent amount of literature, you know, D&D, &D, DMs, and other people who've written blogs and articles that talk about how do you portray an alien mind, right? Because you do have outsiders there. You've got mind flayers, for instance, is a very common one that people run into in these games. And it's like, how do you properly portray that? I think the difference in Dresden Files might work in the sense that, you know, it seems like, this is my theory, right? So this may not be right, but it seems like chaos is what was there. In the beginning, there was nothing. It was a formless chaos. He's taking that kind of creation myth. And then Big G, for whatever reason, made order. So you you ask yourself, is he the rebel or is he did he actually create everything? And if so, why did he create the outsiders? These are bigger questions and I'm sure even Jim may have an answer for. But because he brought order to this chaos, he gave them a goal. Mm -hmm. They're not running around breaking shit just because. They, they were content to be cosmic goo. They didn't mm -hmm. have to be a form of anything. Um, but now they've got something to destroy and that gave them the goal is is my thought while we're having this conversation. The real question is like all, all myths and all cosmology is like, okay, but what came before that? Like they were a formless goo, but you're telling me there are all these consciousnesses and like some nemesis, like nemesis is a conscious, uh, shark face is a consciousness. Where did those come from if they're just chaos? You know, because mm -hmm. the knights definitely seem, you know, functional. They seem like they've got an agenda. Uh, which, yeah, it doesn't really lie, belie itself to the Cthulhu chaos, like unfathomable, you know, we're just eating shit because you were in the way, you know, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I get what you're saying. And um, 
yeah, but pivoting a little bit, pivoting a little bit, because I feel we'll go in circles there. Uh, <laughs> I, I love for everyone, just let me know, on a scale of one to 10, how do you rank Nicodemus as a villain? Because I have thoughts on the man, and I want to know if I'm in the unpopular opinion. Five. Five, okay. Somewhere between like 12 and 15. So Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> big Nicodemus I, fan. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty big Nicodemus fan. Nine? For Nine. Okay. He's he's a great character, and I like how he's tortured and how he's unrelentlessly evil in his dumb, weird attempting to be good. Right. He doesn't seem like a villain anymore after we've spent four months on Skin Game and Mab beat his ass so hard. So <laughs> he, he just seems like a lackey who got a little yeah, uppity he, for two thousand years. He got smashed. He's not. He's not a worry anymore. Right. I I really like him in concept, and I'm enjoying most scenes with him. But the fact that we continually get moments that murder stakes really bother me. Like Dresden doing the cliche in Skin Game where he just antagonizes him to the point where he sabotages his own plan by then breaking the deal. I was like, come on, like, don't be that dumb. You're Nicodemus. You're supposed to be this smart, big baddie. And the fact that you just let Dresden poke you enough to the point where you threw it all to hell in high water kind of is just, that takes it down for me. That makes yeah, him- Nicodemus was already gonna stab him in the back. Right, but he was going to do it at the right moment. But he let he knew what Resident was Dresden was doing, and he let him rush it. And he let, he he just needed to go like ten more minutes that way. But no, he let Dresden just do Dresden things, and then he kind of ruined his own plan. I win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was big on him right through small favor. Death mess was good. Dresden got lucky. Small favor was a little bit of luck too, but it was like the super special. Okay, I got you. I figured out what your weak spot is. Mm-hmm. I, and Murphy surprised him with the sword but then skin games are kind of the same thing so Dresden I mean I'm okay with him stacking the deck against him but then he, he still essentially goes all emotional and then loses again because someone surprises him by touching the sword and it's like yeah. what What are you doing Yeah, if you're supposed to be this like super old super wise super powerful I need you to act that way and he doesn't act it sometimes he's a little too human for me um, and I get the human, I get what Jim is trying to do there. And actually I still really enjoy the concept of having someone who's so internally mixed. Um, but I just find it to be a bit sloppy at points. And it's actually probably my biggest complaint with skin game is that, that right there, those kind of moments where I feel like it could have been written a little bit better. Even if he had gotten, if they had found a way where he got two or three of the artifacts, something yeah. that makes it seem like he actually made out with this other than with the thing he didn't even really want because he mm-hmm. wanted the knife. And so then he turns into he's a sad mess because he lost his daughter and he gets the one thing he wasn't really after. It's like, well, it, give him something, throw him a bone. Yeah, we don't we don't know what we don't know what the artifacts power is if they're somewhat functional on their own, which presumably they are because the shroud was involved as well, right? So, right. like he he having one of the five artifacts may be plenty um, because you saw what he was going to do with just the shroud, so. You know, we we have no way of knowing entirely, but I think I think the thing of about Nicodemus is that he is human. He the only thing that makes him special is that he's been kept alive for two thousand years by an angel that he has a very distrusting relationship with, and and he's never allowed Anduriel any control whatsoever, and he's got as as he that makes him invulnerable. Like that. Other than that, he is a dude. There is, you know, like, okay, and Duriel might be feeding him information and stuff like that, but it's, he's not, you know, he's not made of stone. 
he spent 2,000 years having a quasi-gross sexual relationship. Quasi-gross? Only quasi-gross? <laughs> Just a little. I'm saying quasi-sexual. Like, we don't know how deep it goes. Like, <laughs> deep, uh, um, you know, a very gross relationship with someone that he murdered, you know, after 2,000 years. I don't years, think the like, knife was the first penetration in that relationship, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree there. Oh, she I, had lots so, of knife hair. So that definitely wasn't. So we, yeah. we do want to not get banned from YouTube, but... Uh, Sorry, oh my God! Sorry, <laughs> they were consenting um, adults at this point. Right. Sort of. So, it, like, I, I mean, I people get, can I, talk about the Lannisters. We can talk about this, right? Sure, sure. But I mean, to me, the scene was just so perfect with the whole, like, you know, I don't know how they said it back in your day, but I'm pretty sure anything that her first words were "data" and like, especially after now having kids, like, my heart breaks. I mean, I'm not a two thousand year old monster and whatever, but. I, I can't imagine he just he did that lightly. And you you take it a further step too. Like if you if you contrast this and 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 pull uh, a similarity now we have with um, Infinity War, right? Yeah, he had to feel for her or it wouldn't work. You know, mm -hmm. so he he literally couldn't just take like oh well because we're blood I'm gonna murder you and then you're gonna flip the lever, right? No, there had to be a relationship there, and that you know, that shit hurts, you know, because yeah. that's the nature of the sacrifice. I can agree with that. And you can also add into the ending of Skin Game that Dresden is in this guy's head. Like Dresden's yeah. in his head because he's touched him in ways that the guy didn't think he ever, that's okay, phrasing. <laughs> he's hurt him <laughs> in you, ways, but... <laughs> he's hurt him in ways the guy didn't think he could be hurt. Um, and I think, you know, even if you are 2000 years old, if someone chokes you out and throws you in the water, that's gonna make you think. Right. Um, it chokes you out with the noose you willingly wear all the time because right. yeah it gives you powers but <laughs> it's, course, it's a weak like, spot who wouldn't grab that like, yeah. this is why i don't wear ties guys like come on like let alone it, wear an actual noose like who would have thought you <laughs> always have to have like okay creative liberties but that was one of the few things where i was like no one's grabbed that right. no one has grabbed that in all these time um i mean they, they probably have they probably just didn't lift a ton about it true and they weren't as big and buff as dresden um right. which is one of my favorite Dresden's standing out from all other wizards. He's not this frail dude. Dresden's like a thug in some ways. He's willing to just punch you in the face or blast you with a shotgun. And that, That's God, small. that makes him refreshing and I love it. You know how tall he actually is? Uh, is it 6'5", 6'6"? 6'9". 6'9". Okay, yeah. yeah, he's a monster. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, which is Jim has also said before, it's a bit of a problem. He's like, I want Dresden to be tall, but all the bad guys have to be taller because they're they're, they're as adversaries. So now everybody's just freakishly tall. Right. <laughs> I don't know. The Red King was what? He said 5'2", five, 5'3". Five, right. Yeah, <laughs> that dude, that dude could stomp on you with just his will. So. Yeah, but it's, you can it's make the it Red short, King. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. But that's the same with my namesake, with Elder Scruff. I mean, he was 5'2". He just <laughs> one-shots a Denarian. Dude's awesome. You're talking about Dresden, you know, not being your typical wizard. That's why I loved Day Off so much. If if you've read that, that's in um, that's side, side jobs. jobs. That's so side. I've not um, read that one. Okay. Yeah, like he gets confronted by some hedge wizards, for lack of a better word, and he pulls a revolver on him, and it's like you would dare, and it's like, yeah, it's my fucking day off, dude. <laughs> like he's I'm not Obi Wan Kenobi. He's not. He's not gonna throw that to the side with a scoff. He's like, no, this solves a problem, <laughs> right? Hammer, nail, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm writing a book right now with guns, and I'm I'm refusing to depower them because that's so common in fantasy. They just mm -hmm. depower a gun. We're like, oh yeah, it's not that effective against the magic because they miss. I don't know. So like, and once you look at it Dresden that way, I appreciate how guns are like. There's that scene where someone's opening up with an LMG, and Dresden's like, 
fuck, I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. That's going to get through eventually. That's right. still a big deal. And it makes it so the story continues to have risk because you're not devaluing what is objectively one of the most dangerous things out there. Right. And then I like the detail in that scene where he is it's even like specified how he could probably do this for a very long time if all it was like bouncing them off, but he has to like slow them down enough so they don't kill other people. Right. There's a uh, level of focus and yeah. If only he which, had no morals. Which <laughs> brings me into a question I wanted to ask you. Where where do you land on the Dresden magic system? Is it hard or is it soft or somewhere in between it's a hard magic system i don't yeah, know why that I, I was no i would say it's harder it has a it's 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 an interpretation of a softer magic system where jim has written it in a way where it is unashamedly hard um because there are such strong lines there's just this is the limit and this is what you have to do to get there i'd say they're definitely softer elements um because of the, what it's pulling from and its foundations but overall, no. I mean, we and that's that's what's lent Dresden to, I think, being the best power escalated character I've read in fantasy because he goes through real training. I mean, Molly provides him with one of his best upgrades because he goes through the fundamentals. That's a sign to me of a hard magic system that you have to go through the fundamentals to get better at the higher ups. It's not just push harder with your pooping face. It's <laughs> no, I am learning better and I am getting I am improving at what is difficult. Um, so to me, that's a big flag that this is a harder magic system. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Watch the final showdown of Harry Potter where they're just, and that's what that is. Right. <laughs> well, well so talking much about better. the fundamentals, you really see it pay off in changes, you know, yep. because he he can do a bail even if he's not very good at it. But let's see him do that in any of the other 10 books, you know, mm -hmm. or even Turncoat. Uh, and then, you know, he does the potions, which, you know, it also helps that we have his narration while we're going through it. So he tells either himself or Susan that it's like, yeah, I brewed up some potions because they're asleep for a couple hours and I've got some time and I don't do it so much anymore, but I've been teaching the kids. So I've, I've learned a thing yeah. or two myself, you know? Yeah. Um, and, um, and what I really enjoy from that as well is how Jim continues to utilize like essentially cantrips for Dresden, just mm -hmm. like little tiny things in a big fight can go a long way because he has great combat intelligence and he didn't at the beginning of the series. At the right. beginning of the series, Jim or uh, Dresden wasn't the smartest in the moment of combat. He would just throw things out. But now that he's older, he seems to be really good at utilizing a small spell in the right way. And that to me shows a great evolution of how this guy has learned to preserve himself. And I think that those elements really started to rise up when his hand got so brutalized. Right. Well, yeah, because especially like take, taking Flick and Bickus, he hasn't necessarily used it in combat or anything like that. But you see like early on, he sometimes uses matches. He especially uses matches after uh, blood rites where he gets burned and everything mm -hmm. for a couple of books. But then, like, when it comes back around, he, when he does Flick and Bickus, it isn't like, okay, I, I lit a candle or three. It's like, I lit all of the candles in the room, you know, like, you know, so you see even some subtle power creep there, which is one thing that I like. Uh, go ahead. I was just, does, tor does torture count as combat? Yeah, there's that hellfire <laughs> empowered <laughs> Flick and Bickus. Yeah. yeah, a little ball of sunshine. Right. Yeah. That's oh, man. One. And then uh, what also is there's tact here is I like watching all the party members who weren't aware of the supernatural not go from being terrified to able to hold their own to now like 
Murph knows how to handle herself around these things. That's been a really cool journey too, a very believable one to watch everyone who was on the outside slowly become like, no, I can survive a vampire attack because I know to just pull the goddamn trigger and like not freak out, stay calm. And it's, they've seen like, you know, at first they were just, oh my God, what's happening? Non-believers to, right. you know, now they have their own little Van Helsing vibe going on. Yeah, and a lot of that parallels uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer for me, right? Because you have a lot of similar story there. So, like, that's part of why I refer to, you know, our B characters as the Scoobies, because that's what they call themselves, right, in Buffy. And then Buffy literally dies at one point. Spoilers for a show that's, like, 20 years old, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, they Damn. have to deal with this. And it's like, so you see Xander, who's like, I could barely pick up a steak. You know, he, he's in some ways kind of like Butters a little bit. Maybe Giles is there, too. It to being like a total freaking badass at the end, you know, like, you know, eye patch, chainsaw, shotgun, axe, you know, whatever, you know, it's been so long since I've watched them. But yeah, it's just all of all of that evolution adds to it in my mind. So I, I would love to know your all's thoughts as such diehard Dresden fans for something I've been mulling over for a while. And that's that. So there is plot armor in Dresden Files, like no doubt. Every fantasy what? series, you got plot armor, like, right. <laughs> but Jim is so good at like basically making you either just excuse like, yes, that's what this character would do. So I don't care if this is ridiculous and having them survive or he weaves in humor in a way where you're like, that's funny. So I'm gonna let that go. And it's great. Like there's multiple times where Dresden will make you laugh as he's doing something so absurd to just accomplish his goals that you're kind of like, all right, yep, I'm good with it. Even though it maybe breaks a little bit of the serious tone of what's happening. Like the turkey? Exactly. <laughs> that was, that was yeah. one of my two thoughts that came to mind immediately for yeah. my next trick and bills. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's things like that where, and you know, he's also very guilty of having his villains monologue long enough to give people the escape. But he also like good. makes fun of them for that. It's like the villains are monologuing, and Justin's like, "Why? You're giving me the opportunity <laughs> to hit you." Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I I'm curious if you guys are more bothered by the plot armor because I've. I, there's definitely moments where I'm going, come on. But overall, I'm fine with it. EG hates plot armor. Um, you can tell because he hates the right saber. He hates the <laughs> fact that Murphy picks up the swords. He hates that. So like a lot of the things that he hates, right, are the ones that it's like in the moment, they do the right thing to survive or whatever. But, you know, that I... Uh... I don't know. I don't have a problem with it. Like, I, I definitely get more cynical for some of the suspense these days. Like, you watch TV, you watch whatever, and it's like, oh my God, our hero is in danger. Is his name on the marquee? Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to make it to the end of the episode. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, guys. I think Dresden's going to make it to book 20 in right. one form or another. You know, there was only one series where you didn't have to worry about that, and they fucked it up at the end. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, so because they didn't have anybody's name in the marquee. So you think, you know, everybody's off limits. But well, the throne's name was in the marquee and that got toasted. So. Right. <laughs> they Not even the, the goddamn oh chair made God. it because dragons understand symbolism. <laughs> Spoilers. Now I can't watch the show. Thanks, guys. No, but so like you have to have plot armor in your books, right? It's unavoidable. Right. Either you never have your character in a situation where they might die or there's going to be elements of plot armor. You could approach it from different ways. I mean, there's some authors who have chosen to write their plot armor in as a part of the story. Wheel of Time is a great example of that. They're Telvira and they're lucky. You don't think about it. And then there's people like Dresden where he's either mocking people for giving him the time. There's jokes or you just understand that there's legitimate training. There's backing for what's going on there. And maybe, yeah, that little cantrip he cast shouldn't have confused the villain that much. But you're going to excuse it because, yeah, again, you know he has to live in the next book. So it's a good enough excuse. And I, I think Dresden 
on average will hit that mark. That, so, he also gets a little bit of the chosen one. Trope, yeah. Because he's mm -hmm. so Dresden himself. Yes, you know you have to live, but like say Murphy, we're all expecting her to die at some point because we see her go through all of the training possible, fighting dead Vikings and everything, and she still got her ass beat. She gets hitting the limit, and if and she, she continues ages. so. And she ages. And as they're going and they're aging and they're getting more and more injured and they don't have Dresden's ability to heal, that he wrote in as an explanation why he can deal with three gunshot wounds in three years, then they're the ones that their plot armor is the one that's going to get more ridiculous. That's but a good point. Unless you make them undead or give them a holy sword. Yes, they're probably going to get power upgrades that's going to change the rules for them. But a normal vanilla 45-year-old cop is not gonna go very well. I mean, something has to be done with Murphy, like some power up, or she'll die, or something. Goes, I mean, she can't. It's not a realistic otherwise. She could show up to every fight in one of those bomb suits with an LMG and just start right. going ham, and that would be the best she could do at a certain. Well, if the trailer is any indicator, she's gonna be stupid and do it in this upcoming next two books. She's gonna cut her cast off and go running in, and either a she's gonna be fine, which is gonna piss me off a lot, or b. She's going to die, but then she's going to become a Valkyrie, and it's like, oh, okay. See, he hates plot armor. The reason, <laughs> the reason why I, I tend towards her dying, but maybe not staying dead, as much as that trope is, like, the worst in, in modern storytelling, in my opinion. Like, look at uh, Star Wars, Star Trek, you know, the, the recent rehashes of those. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but with with Dresden, like, with her, she may die and stay dead because Jim's that kind of a dick. You know, yep. like he he's okay. got to pull Dresden's heartstrings, which pulls your heartstrings. And that's why I think it's a very real thing on the table that she may not make it. And this may be the book. So, you know, I don't want I don't want that to be a gotcha. I don't want her to die. I am kind of a fan of her coming back as a Valkyrie. But, you know, like EG hates the plot armor and whatnot. Me, what forgives the plot armor to answer your question more directly is when it's clever right it mm -hmm. can be the witticisms and it or it can be in world but as long as it's like okay i didn't see it coming or dresden was being clever in the moment so you know he's doing uh magical aikido with the turkey right he didn't even know it was coming all he knew was that there was a there was the malocchio and he needed to take it off of anari and put it on a bad guy and it just so happened that a turkey fell from the fucking sky and killed a vampire that he didn't do that that was just his magical awareness you know mm -hmm. Sometimes with the monologuing, it's like, yeah, I am totally fucked. But if I just look around while I have 35 seconds, there's a MacGuffin and I can <laughs> hit him with the thing and get out of this, you know. And the two sisters are yelling at each other. Where's mom, huh? It's like, maybe I'll just summon mom. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, and, but that's another thing, too, because it's like he is totally screwed. And if, if yeah, if they stop having this argument long enough for right, <laughs> you know, so you're biologically related, not just fairies. So, well, I mean, yeah, and I, I could see your point with going back to Murph and her like unable to keep up. I mean, she could get some Michael type upgrades, she could go down mm -hmm. certain paths. I mean, there's definitely been some hints at that, right? But I think the most e either she, you're right, either she needs to step back in some regard, maybe like just have a Beretta or 50 cal out in the field with a scope and just provide support out there or she needs to have some form of upgrade I, I think it would be unbelievable to have her keep staring down a vampire in the face and live but we've also seen I would say to an extent that a lot of I, I would say a lot of surviving in this world is just not blinking right it's just meeting their eyes and go and try it because I think a lot of these 
creatures, I think Jim very intentionally writes them to be just full of bluster. And once they're pushed, often they don't follow it up because they know, well, I can actually die in these ways or be hurt. So yeah, she's holding a big ass revolver and I don't want to have the one in 100 chance that she actually lands it. You know what I mean? I think there's also a good enough portion of that that up to this point, I've been okay with it. So what you're talking about reminds me of a point I didn't get to bring up with the Nicodemus thing, right? So like part of Nicodemus surviving as long as he had is because he is a predator and he rabbits often and early. Mm -hmm. Because if he doesn't have the upper hand, he might lose, which is bad for somebody who has all of eternity in front of them, right? Mm -hmm. And Dresden even talks about that in Cold Days a little bit with the She Lords. It'd be like, thank you very much for asking that question. Does anybody else have any questions that I can freeze you and kill you with, you know, while we're here? Um, so so you get some of that, but you also see the the counterpoint of those full of themselves and be like, oh, well, I'm an immortal or I'm a fairy or I'm an ogre. And you are just a pathetic little cop. And I will squish you while Dresden throws gasoline and a sterno can on me from uh, summer night, you know? So like you do see what, you know, people who are overestimating their powers. And I think one of the underlying truths of the Dresden files and what we're probably gonna get a little bit spoilers in Peace Talks is that you survived this long because you're smart, not because you're a badass. I mean, being a badass plays into it a little bit but you don't go in to the Walmart running your mouth and make it out alive, right? It's the people that rabbit early. It's the people that stay alive for multiple thousands of years. They didn't do it because they got the magic sword and they just went around slaying dragons and shit. They mm -hmm. did it because they ran away or they were smart about it or whatever. Um, you know, so I, you know, like that's one of the things I like about the Dresden Files too, is like Dresden is one of the brawniest wizards, you know, in the world but what pushes him over the top is a little bit of luck and a little bit of, of smarts, you know? He's also one of the dumbest wizards, but, you know... I was about to say, he's he also kind of dumb. Yeah, he, he <laughs> yeah, does, but he's getting smarter. You know, you yeah. see that in Cold Days, you see that in Skin Game, so... That's, that's probably one of my biggest pet peeves as well. That's the whole, how many times have you been called, like, a Starborn? And you never looked into <laughs> and you it yet. never looked it up. The plot hasn't dictated right. it yet. Yeah. I, I thought would... I thought he had a throwaway line that he couldn't find anything or something, but I don't think he's ever mentioned the fact he's that he's never been, like, not once. Born. He's gotcha. just like Ian or ignores it. Nice. So not after Lash, not after the, Pringle. the cold days. Uh, <laughs> right. King. Yeah. I, I do want to push back on the idea that he's getting smarter. I don't think he's getting smarter. I think he's getting more cautious because there's still late in the series multiple times where like the reader gets to the conclusion a chapter or more before he does, and we're just kind of sitting there going, Come on. Ah, and there it is. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I think it's more just amount of, he's getting more and more hesitant because he sees how not bulletproof he is because, you know, he was shown he's not <laughs> by his own hand indirectly. Right. Yeah. Have you and read I, any of the microfiction yet? No, I don't believe so. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just ignore the wizard behind the curtain on that one. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have read the core books, and I think I did briefcases as well, but I could be wrong there. I think I did, um, but that was back when I was first starting. Uh, so the microfiction is posted on the website in this whole anniversary thing. Oh, yeah, they're and that's from Jim like Cannon. One, yeah. well, they're, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're basically like one, two-page little things. Like oh, cool. the first one was nothing; it was Mike the Mechanic. The second one was what was the second one? Morgan. Might have been. Yeah, and then the third, this last one was Ivy and Kincaid. Right. 
See, I, I just want to, anytime, I want more of Michael. So if any of them around Michael, let me know, because I love that man. Dude. Well, that you can read The Warrior. That's the thing that's you did, right? That's in Cold Case? And then, oh, oh, there's Christmas Eve that came out, yeah. like, a year and a half ago. Yeah, okay. well. <laughs> I, I have uh, uh, stories. I love paladin characters that are done well. So Michael for me is just like the golden boy example of like this is what that should be, and we need more of these because paladins are awesome and underappreciated. I think he's definitely done well. Like I think also GM says that it's, it would be hard to make Michael. I think he's talking with you about it. If if it was from Michael's point of view. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I casually threw out an example of like, yeah, Mike, not being serious. And he was like, that's a terrible idea. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's uh, very, very rare you get such a direct, emphatic answer from Jim. So good job. <laughs> I didn't mean it as like a, yeah, do that. I just meant right. as like a, this is the character on my head right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, that was funny. Um, but no, I, I think if I did want to see any character have their own long series type thing, it would be Molly. I'm, her character arc has been brilliant for me, and I want to see where that's headed more than anything else, I think. And I think she is at a very high risk of dying at the end of the series as well. Mm -hmm. um, which people might disagree on, but I think she is set up to have an arc where she goes out tragically. You might. I think it's 50-50. She's either going to die or she's going to ascend. Mab's going to die. And yeah, I, I, I kind of hedge on ascension myself. You know, It just it, it feels like there's enough wiggle room in here where it's like, Team Dresden winds up taking over, right? Is mm. is my shiny ending, right? It's like if you if you want to see people ride off into the sunset in a good way and ha live happily ever after, Molly becomes Mab, Dresden becomes you know senior counsel or Merlin, you know that sort of thing. That is not the story that we're reading, but that doesn't keep me from having that hope. So <laughs> Dresden Dresden would need to be 150 years older to have a shot at becoming the Merlin, right? There's no way right. to let a wizard mm. still as young as him. Well, they just yeah, got to get rid of all the other ones. Yeah, right. The line of the... So we need to yeah. purge the wizards. Yeah. Basically. Well, that, that, that is being set up. That is, yeah, yeah, that is being set up for sure. Um, especially with how depowered the vampire presence is now, we do need to see the wizards get chopped down significantly. So that. Well, now absolutely. they just have a, a new bad guy that they are yeah. also very unprepared for. Yeah, right. the, these more Lovecraftian vibes. Yeah. Right. And the fall yeah. one. Which, yeah. I mean, so. You're talking about that. So to kind of bring that around again, like if you're if you've done any research about the Fulmore, uh, you know, and and some of their mythology, it's another way that I like I see the hooks get planted for the Lovecraftian stuff. So especially if you see what he's doing with the servitors and everything like that, and um, happy and go lucky and whatever the hell they're called, because they, like listen, right? They've got the gills and whatever, very shadow over Innsmouth, right? It's like, mm -hmm. oh look, we've got fish people. I don't know where that's come in, you know. So it just more, yeah, more subtlety. Sorry, it just sparked my brain. So oh, you're good, you're good. And I, I there's a that's what's like. I want to like I want to make multiple videos just about the factions that are at play in Dresden because mm. I feel like a lot of people just forget as they read just how much is going on and right. you're rewarded in this series for paying attention and keeping in mind like these people are still out there working because they'll show up three books later with a whole new objective uh, and you know they've reorganized that very rarely is something just forgotten and swept under the rugs mm. except for maybe the werewolves a little bit they're just kind of they're gone now. <laughs> oh, the alphas, like, a lot of them left. Like yeah, they, right. this is a thing that they did in college. They got their professional jobs elsewhere and then they didn't come back except for, uh, what's her face? Marcy. Marcy. Yeah, Marcy's yeah. around. But I, I just want, I meant werewolves in general. I like werewolves. I want them back. Mm. They're badass. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure you'll get a loop group come back. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, 
the way that that prophecy was. And Tara West has been mentioned, so she's probably going to come back at some point. She said she's coming back. I Did he say when? In some, in some Q&A or no, something. But when is always put into to final. We already know how this is going to happen. So Battleground, it, we're going to fight a Titan, and a wizard is going to show up, and he's going to open a magical portal, and everybody's going to come through. And then he's Captain America in this story. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's going to say the words. Michael. The words that we've been waiting for. Say, since so, so he's going to do that before the BAT? Good for him. Yeah. That's bold. Uh, but no, the the uh, I, I fully think of the apocalyptic trilogy. We're gonna have like pretty much every name drop ally or enemy make a reappearance. Like they're all gonna be there again, right? Like he he kind of did that in changes. Like he assembled that was our first Avengers, and right. then we're gonna have the full end game during this apocalyptic, and we'll have the Infinity War during the uh, battleground or whatever. It'll be that <laughs> same kind of boop boop boop. Right. I think it's BAT is gonna have a lot of the people who we consider enemies right now. They're probably gonna have to team up with Dresden to fight the outsiders. Yeah, because if you have like people who are evil because they want to take over the world, and then there's people who are evil because they want to burn it, you typically pe- turn up with, team up with the people who want to take it over, right? Like right. you're going to align with them. Exactly. And like, that's Nicodemus team reality. Wants, Nicodemus wants to burn the world just because he wants to rule it because he thinks these pesky mortals are big security risks because they can let outsiders in. Right. Yeah, Nicodemus's team, you can't blow up the world. That's where I keep all my stuff. You know, like yeah, I can blow up the world and keep my stuff, and then rule over the ashes. Right. So my big question is though, with all these super powerful deities who like like Hades, for example, his job is managing the undead. He doesn't want the world to end, right? He doesn't want that. So it, like, if this stuff starts going down, are we going to see Hades suddenly pop up in here and be like, whoa, 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 whoa? Depends on how he goes with the power restrictions. Right. Yes. The yeah. most powerful creatures in Dresden were always going to have the most restrictions. Like uh, Mother, Summer, and Winter could probably destroy everything, but all they can really do is say some cryptic things and knit a tiny little scrap of cloth. Right. And, Phenomenal cosmic power, itty be living spaces, I believe. Right. I, I would love to see a version of the Dresden Files in the sense that it wouldn't be the Dresden Files anymore, right? But you would see all of the big powers, all of the gods, all of the, the Mother Winter Summer clan and whatever. They take off the kid gloves because now they are fighting for team reality, right? And they would, you know, you'd see them go ham. That's what you'd see in a more high fantasy thing, right? It'd be very flashy, big budget, amazing. But that's not the story that we're reading. The story that we're reading is about free will at mm-hmm. the end of the day. And so what everybody is doing is they're doing what little they can to keep the wheels on reality and the mortals make the decision. And that's why I think Nicodemus does what he does and and where he's going to come down is because Nicodemus knows that it's about free will. That's why he knows mortals are the problem, just like Team Lucifer does. That's my my headcanon for why they fell and what they did is like, you know, Big G is like, so I, I thought about, I was going to make some new stuff. And they're like, we love new stuff. What you've done around the place is fantastic. We hated all those slimy little lizard creatures that you got rid of. I'm going to make people. Cool. What's a people? Well, you know, they're they're weak and they die and they're just going to kind of sit around and worship us or whatever, you know. Um, but there there's a wrinkle, though. OK, yeah. what's the wrinkle? Well, they can let the outsiders back in. What? <laughs> you know, and then, you know, there's a civil war in heaven. So whatever. Um, but, you know, that's that's kind of like my headcanon of what happened there and whatever, because it's 
it, it ties into the more sympathetic Lucifer, right? Lucifer isn't doing evil shit. He's not really the torturer and whatever that the Catholics would have you believe. That's a possibility, you know, whatever we'll see. I'm not saying I even believe this necessarily, but I could see Butcher putting that twist on it. The, the war and the fight is because you are going to destroy reality by letting them have free will. And we can't let that happen because once again, reality is where I keep all my stuff, you know, like what, what they don't fall in line with the ineffable plan. That is mm -hmm. the entire point of dissension. Uh, and then from there, there's varying levels of violence, right? Even Lashiel, she fell because she was a fence sitter, not because she took up arms against the other angel brothers and sisters. She was oh, just like, I just want to see who wins. I'm going to play Italy for a little bit. I'm going to play Poland. We'll see what happens. And God's like, no, man, you're either with me or you're not, you know, which is fairly Old Testament. And there are a couple of, of other mythologies where that happens. So, yeah. So anyway, long story short, I'd, I, we're never going to see Hades take off the gloves unless he's directly attacked, I would imagine. And I think a lot of this, it's more, it's all cat's paws. You know, it's, it's, Big G is fighting the outsiders through his archangels who are, not even necessarily pushing they're just pushing back right when when the fallen cheat as they did in in changes then you know uh uriel comes back and he's like nah don't and he just kind of says no and pushes back a little bit changes yes that's when they said the seven words that led to oh, his death oh, right, right, right. Yeah, okay, yeah. it happened in changes it's revealed in ghost story and it's fixed rock in ghost story. yesterday come on <laughs> yeah did you know i was thinking about the um soul fire actually that too that yeah that was that was a big one so yeah yeah soul fire has been a really really interesting element uh of the story but i that's actually something on rereads i'm going to be really looking for is like how often has he accidentally done this without realizing <laughs> what he's doing <laughs> <laughs> so <All> okay <laughs> so we, we've we, gotten did it, what three times in small favor before he even knew it was a power yeah right so now we've got an hour here or almost an hour we haven't talked about corleone at all uh, which we need to talk about Corleone. How do you think Corleone's going back? Because dude's going to die. It's just a matter of how. Well, um, he's Marco? actually being shipped with Dresden if you actually <laughs> if you watch now, All right, thanks for coming to the Dresden file. No, <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, I, I, think, I think Marcone's one of the interesting ones because he's he's like that not that frontline person. You know, he can throw a knife and whatever, but he's the one sitting behind the boardroom with armies and armies of preparation uh, right but he keeps getting dragged to the front line on accident right yeah, and i don't even know if it's accident i think he's it's like practice it's not accident it's practice he has the, all the things that have been practicing for thousands of years for the end game fight and now he's using them a little bit and zhuzhing up some of their protections with like special bullets for wizards well yeah i think he's gonna be now that he's the baron and now that he's doing all this peace talks stuff with the supernatural I think he's. I think his cautious level is going to go up. Yeah, I, I I predict he goes out in a blaze of glory where he finally proves that he is a good dude. I think Jim is gonna. That's gonna be one of Jim's. Like I'm gonna go the happy ending there. Happy in the sense that we okay. We are proved that. And I keep I keep calling. It, wow, Marcone uh, proves that he is. I keep <laughs> calling Corleone. Second, I got it. <laughs> Italianish names. Um, he's but, a monster. Uh, Same thing. Yeah, uh, so I uh, I'm fully expecting we're gonna see like the happy quote unquote happy ending for him there, where he proves he's a good dude. Because um, I think I, I don't know for me he's a, he's one of the most interesting villains because of how many times he shows a better side. Like he because he's he, not a villain. 
I think no, he's a villain. I mean, come on, you run a crime syndicate where you have sex trafficking going on, you're a villain. They're consenting. Even Murphy pointed out they're consenting, they're healthy, they're safe. Okay, that's all true. But okay, drug dealing or whatever. Other bad things as well. People die around him. (laughs) Right. People die around Dresden. Okay. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) The building was on fire and it wasn't my fault. Dresden's chaotic evil. Marcone is lawful evil. Come on now. So uh, Dresden's Dresden's uh, chaotic good. We we have to say he's chaotic good. Yeah, he's, he's chaotic. Yeah, he'll he'll throw himself in front of a bullet, which he's done many, 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 two more, many, many times. So <laughs> I think we could say he's chaotic good. And I also will say that if he somehow had to interact with Picard, he might kill him. <laughs> he would hate Picard. <laughs> they are the polar opposites of good possibilities. Well, he'd accidentally shut down the whole bridge of the ship anyway, and they crashed. That, that, that that's not existing on there. That's a different episode. No, no, no. Now we need to speculate. Can technology get good enough? No. Actually, there. I mean, there is It'll a change. Q&A about this. Somebody asked Butcher about uh, UFOs. Like, do UFOs exist in the Dresden Files? And he's like, you know, I hadn't really thought about it, but Roswell sounds really compelling. All of a sudden, what what yeah. you see? What he does about you know recent technology? What do you think he does about stuff they just got into the atmosphere and wizards shut them down? <laughs> So. Well, I mean, I, I've already, I'm one of these jerks that's always thinking, like, why is all this stuff happening on Earth? Are there all these other supernatural things happening on every other planet? Can we talk about that? And I realize I need to shut up my brain and say, okay, Earth is some kind of nexus, get over it. Because um, Well, with, uh, then there's all the many, ability. many dimensions that you get yeah. to possibly see with, like, yes. Yeah, well, what he's, he he's... said once is that our Dresden is the calmest Dresden, the one that Uriel <laughs> likes the most, because all the crazier ones are in the other dimensions. Right. Which which gives credence to that we have talked about this before. Where is there multiple gods, or is there one god, many universes, one Uriel, right. many universes? Probably I think one, many, many universes, dimensions. but one Uriel. Mm-hmm. We'll probably never get the answer for that, right? That's the kind of thing you don't want to necessarily answer directly. As well, well, you're going to get it some form of it in mirror mirror, one way mm-hmm. or another, right? Because if yeah, if the same Uriel shows up, for instance, to kick his ass back because. There's only so many people that have the power to, you know, do dimension hopping. I imagine, then you're gonna you're gonna know whether or not it's the same one, and that'll answer that question at least at that power. I I can see the conversation now. Like Uriel, oh my goodness, wait, hold on, are you my Uriel? Or are you his Uriel? You know, like I am the Uriel. <laughs> so easy peasy. The Mister Sunshine. Did we answer your Marcone question, or did we derail? Because I felt I think derailed. we derailed. I think we derailed. How do you think Marcone's gonna go out if he's gonna go out? No, I, I don't think he's going to go out. I think big, shiny, crazy conspiracy theory. We're talking like time traveling Murphy level of crazy, right? Please Marcone don't. is going to be the next. Marcone is going to be the next warden. Like how the fairies took over from the Norse, Marcone's taking over from the fairies. That's Someone me. has to. Yeah. So yeah, that that could make sense. Because yeah, I don't think that's how it's hand. gonna. Whether Dresden lives or not, I I'm pretty sure this is gonna be the end. Either the outside's gonna be locked. It's a cycle forever, that's already happened right. several times. It it's gonna matter. continue. No, it's not. I promise you, it's not. This is it. He's the he's the one. He's the fulcrum. He's the one that's gonna lock the gates forever. Yeah, he's yeah. the one this he's time. The chosen one. No, forever. The because the gates ones. haven't been locked before. <laughs> right. The cycle of guardianship is different than the cycle of a because they've mentioned this a lot of times. The status quo is breaking, not in ways that it breaks every thousand years, but in ways nobody expects. I, I will say in very flimsy evidence fashion that I usually rely on. Um, I have never seen a fantasy author who has set up any form of cycle who actually ends it. 
with this turning of their book. Well, every time, Dark Tower, for example, right? It's a cycle, okay, massive spoilers for Dark Tower, sorry people. <laughs> but if you hit that ending, the cycle continues. Right. They all, Authors love going and it'll be again. And I don't know if Jim will have be able to resist the temptation of going again. Just saying, it's really hard as a creative mind to say, no, this is the I have, faith, I have faith in him. He's got enough other side stuff he wants to do. Mm -hmm. okay. And he's got spinoffs even within this universe, the, the little- Yeah, but they're all like, he's gonna do. they're not after, at least none that he's told us about. They're, they're all current time. They're not after BAT time. I don't think he's going to do the young adult one until after he's done. Maggie? Yeah. But she's going through it right now. Of course she would. You're derailing again. It's okay. <laughs> come, come back around. So, Marcone, the sad ending, the way that he goes out, if he goes out, he's a villain. So he's going to go out like a villain. Somebody, like another villain, the outsiders, whoever, they're going, we're going to see all of his magical defenses play out. They're going to get through his goons. They're going to get through the iron yarn. They're going to get through the, the bombs and everything. And it's going to be him, guard, and uh, Hendrix, Hendrix at the end with magical weapons, fully automatic, whatever. And Marcone's going to have his revolver or his flintlock and just be like, Welp, <laughs> you know, because like he's not the frontline guy, right? So he's going to be safe at home somewhere. So he either gets stepped on, which is lame, or you're going to see all of this preparation and all of his research and everything pay off. Maybe, maybe it's Dresden. Maybe they finally, that's something they've foreshadowed since the second chapter, practically. Maybe he does finally go after Marcone for some reason. Maybe Mab says, you know what? I'm tired of this guy. Fucking kill him. <laughs> you know, who, who knows? But mm. whoever it is, I, I think, you know, I think you're going to see that. There. Uh, that it, either it's going to be an irreconcilable difference between Dresden and Macon somehow, and they're going to have a showdown. Macon's going to die, or uh, he's going to have a redemption. <laughs> I can't see Dresden killing him. Yeah, I can't see. Yeah. I don't think they will. I think there's too I, much. Whatever kills Marcone is going to be personal. So it's going to be something like Susan on the stone altar to save Maggie. It's going to be that level of hurt for at least Marcone, and Dresden's going to hurt in uh, sympathy. Because that's how we get to be hurt. Yeah. Something well, about something with Coma Girl, maybe? Maybe. Hmm. So for Marcone, I also have this gnawing theory that he's going to impart some form of wisdom on Dresden or something as he goes out. He's gonna give him information or wisdom that then propels something major forward. I just okay. can see it. He's dying, he's got blood coming out of whatever, and he just says, Hey, by the way, like this is amazing. I don't know. He's, you have a sister. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's gonna do that. He's gonna have that moment. Uh, he's he's gonna, been trying to impart or, wisdom on this blockhead for how long now? Right. It's gonna take of the universe is buried under. Uh, 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 yeah, he's gonna have something. I'm not saying something that corny, but it, maybe even just like an artifact, a powerful tool, it, anything available. He'll know because I Baron. Him, yeah, there you go. <laughs> you can't just give that to him. Heavy license. Why not? Because you have to get three signatories to sign you up. Prove it. He, we've seen it. <laughs> how did he you, get it? You can so forge he, he a made, signature. No. He yeah. made the barony, and now he needs an heir. We yeah. don't know if he has a child he's going to give it to. That would be fun. Uh, it's just, yeah, here, you you protect Chicago forever, legally. It's like he's already doing that. Exactly. Now you have more legal political problems. Enjoy the peace talks. I don't, I don't want Marcone to have a secret love child because that's my second least favorite trope <laughs> recently, which is like, Palpatine got busy. When? Why does he have kids? Sorry, spoilers. Jesus Christ! Come on. Like, there's so, a not insignificant fa uh, faction that think he's going to get one of the uh, Amarakius, yeah. him or Thomas. Yeah. 
No, Thomas. Thomas for Amarakis. But that would put him on the front line, so less fun. But he would have his plot armor, so it's okay. Yeah. Thomas. Again, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care who gets swords as Justine. long as Sonya lives. Justine gets the sword of and, and Butters dies. As, sorry, two things. I'm wait, sorry, wait. I don't understand the fan love for Thomas. He's one of the most just middle-of-the-road characters for me. I'm sorry, he's just a consistent, like, yeah, he's there. Like, yeah, I just don't no, care about him I don't, at I don't, all. I don't fought over him either, but... No, he's, he's fantastic. He has the best snark. <laughs> he he does snark on Dresden's level, which is yes. significant. So. I don't... I, yeah, they're definitely good brothers, but, like, every... It's I don't know. Like related. Mm. I don't know. I just don't. I don't know. I'm not in love with him. I think he's he, fine. He's a better cat's paw, or he's better at setting shit up. He's cleverer than Dresden. Right. A, he's able to just throw down and be a thug when he needs to be, and he's mm -hmm. really good at snark. Yeah, and, and he's tortured. Like the the whole thing with him and Justine, it's like you can't get more unhappy than that. And I, dynamite I don't abs. Think, yeah, I don't. I don't think the angsty Twilight vampire is the strongest thing that Thomas is. So let's not. <laughs> not list he's that not as that. a pro, you know. He's not, he's not, I wouldn't say he's, he's definitely like way more nuanced than anything there, but he's, I don't know. I just find him to be for lack, I don't know. I would say he's predictable. I don't know. Everything Thomas does for me is just kind of falling in the line of what I thought his trajectory would be. There's not been as many, oh damn moments with Thomas. My biggest um, disappointment so, with him was after Turncoat and the Skinwalker and all that. And then immediately after that, he's adding up again and changes like nothing's, nothing happened. Yeah. Right? And, yeah, he and there's never a like in that whole plot line where is Thomas the bad guy? I never had a single second of like, yeah, no, it never obviously was not him. Well, yeah, He's, I was yeah. just like, uh, okay, so there's a misunderstanding. Yeah. yeah, White Knight, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and then and then it turns out at the end it was hairdressing that did, and it's like, god damn it, like that right. that was very unsatisfying to me. I did not like that. Okay, I yeah, was because that's what I was going to say. You were like, Thomas's trajectory is very predictable. Like, really, the gay hairdresser, you called that? <laughs> okay, that element I didn't, but I, oh. I, I just knew he was going to be off doing something. Ironically, unrelated. the more predictable thing, if he had been running, like, let's say, a BDSM sex dungeon, would have been more interesting because then it's like you're skirting the edge here of yeah. falling back into the world. Yeah, and it, he's, I don't know, he's been played very safely, and I want to, if he was played more dangerously, I would like him significantly more. Have you seen the trailer what? for Peace Talks? I was, yes, yeah. and that again, I'm predicting. That, yeah, that's that's like not going to be of his, either. He's going to do something stupid in the Harry vein where he causes mm. something. Mm. Have, have you read the first chapter of Peace or Talks? Or he's going to be uh, framed. It's one or the other. I predict framed because mm. he's set up now to be so stable. Like I don't, I don't know. Mm. Um, I think he, I think he took a risk for very, very valid reasons. Yeah, okay. valid. Remember but the last time stupid. the most valid reasons in the Dresden verse, but yeah. stupidly, it's like you have literally a wizard brother, and you're just like gonna go half cocked in with whatever stupid plan you're about to do to assess. It, it. depends on how much shit that Lara put on him, right? Because Lara's the the thing like in the. Mm. I could, I could <laughs> totally, I could totally believe Thomas not calling on Dresden because he's already lost his brother once, right? There's no way yeah. he's gonna try to. He's not gonna risk that again. So I could see him not calling on him because he's just refusing to accept that he could bring Dresden into real danger. Um, to a degree. I can think following, that's what, yeah. yeah. I think after he threats. gave that um, that spiel in cold days about why didn't you call me, right. then that makes sense. Okay, that's very, yeah, no, good point. You're totally right there. Forget everything I just said. <laughs> no, because follow, following your thread, it's probably that, but it's probably he knows that it's going to go against the accord. So he knows Dresden, it's not Dresden doesn't want to, it's Dresden can't because he's the winter knight. And, and whatever and restrictions Thomas has for Tessalara. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And he's probably, because we know that Evelyn is a, a Spartolf, we know he's going to follow. Is that what it was? Sorry. Ivana, yeah. yeah. Ivana, yeah. Um, he, we know that he runs afoul of a signatory, at least, a fairy that he would otherwise have no, you know, no deal. I don't with think, I, I don't, the restrictions for Lara, I mean, if she's the one who's coercing Dresden, or supposedly coercing Dresden, not that he needs to be coerced to help his brother. <laughs> but, I mean, she's invested in helping him, too. So I don't think Lara's putting... Right. She's threat. invested in helping Thomas, but she is also going to be part of the reason that he's in trouble. Maybe. But I also, Thomas and Laura, it's like, Laura's, Thomas is not as afraid of Laura to go against her as far as Justine is concerned as he would be on just, say, a normal issue. Mm -hmm. Especially now that he's got a kid. Now it's like, all right, it was, it was one thing when I had to play the game, but now I got a kid coming and you're not, you're not pushing this shit with me. In the same way it was for Harry, you know, when he finally murdered that ass. So which nation are they going to bring down this time because they fucked with his kid? So the FBI. Canada. No. Right. And they're just going to bring down humanity. There's going to be a fucking Titan running around Chicago. Yeah. Got him right in the Chicago. Classic. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting. Are we losing steam? I'm... I mean, I got plenty more to talk about, but I don't want to keep. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are at over an hour, so we can make <laughs> yeah, the decision. I'll ask the guest. It's his call. Yeah, uh, we're totally good. I do need to pee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, biological functions are taking over. Should we take us out? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Warp two. Engage. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so this has been the Dresden Files with. Our special guest, Daniel Green, who has yep. a point. Go ahead. I just want to say one thing. I wanted to take your podcast to have an official apology. In a recent Power Rankings episode, I ranked Geralt of Rivia above Dresden. And now that I'm <laughs> finished with the series, that was wrong in so many ways. And I would like to take this moment to thank you for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate yeah. it. And Look also say, me big dumb dumb, me bad. No, Dresden <laughs> destroys him like a pancake. Um, Geralt is pithier, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, uh, Dresden's better in combat, better hand-to-hand -hand at this point. I mean, he's borderline Spider-Man level strength at times, so he's golden. Or he specifically says he's not, but he's strong. Well, he is now. Well, yeah. thank you for that. We're going to have to edit that out for our Polish fans, though, so... Uh... <laughs> yeah, we should. Okay. Yeah. Andreas will be fine. <laughs> oh, come on! He's moving further and further away from where I'm actually from. You haven't uh, noticed? Yeah. But yes, I'm on YouTube at Daniel B. Green. I think my Twitter's the same. I don't even know what my Instagram is. Just Google it. I'm there. Just Google it. Seriously. <laughs> yep. Easy to find. The changes episode is pretty good other than being wrong about turncoat. So, you know, we're good. I'm sorry. It just, I don't know. It, it was fine. <laughs> I thought it was fine. 